Away line in 1941, Universal Studios never give a sucker an even break when the mm -hmm. guy walks into the diner. Hi, you toots. How about a cup of Jamo? <laughs> I heard Jamo my whole life, yeah. and then suddenly now I got it could be Jamoke yeah. with a K. It's kind of that's tough to learn this late in life. <laughs> so Dave was, I've been hearing Jamo since I was seven. Don't change. But then Kim texted and said, well, and she actually knew 42 minutes into the film is the funniest part of the movie. So Kim, I give her. Tremendous credit for, even though she's not a Fields fan. She she watched the movie. She she found some of these portions of Never Give a Sucker Even Break <laughs> that we were talking about and texted me her favorite part that made her laugh out loud. And so thank you, Kim, very much for the correspondence. But you were telling me off there, quite honestly, that she's not a huge fan of Fields. Fields, they're curmudgeon. Fields. Yeah. Uh, misogynistic. Misogynistic. I, so in the films, at times he comes through that way, and probably in real life, Groucho, the Marx Brothers. I mean, yeah. it, 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 that charge would probably hold, in a sense. But a lot of times, the persona that we see in the screen, and I realize I've read Fields' biographies, and I mm -hmm. know the man, the man had some issues. <laughs> There's no doubt. But the art, in the end, is still. What as a kid that yeah. doesn't change my yeah. my love for it, my appreciation for it, uh, the the sheer laughter there. I, there's a photograph of me that my aunt took at her apart at her apartment in San Jose in the winter of 1973, and I am just in absolute hysterics in front of the television set. She took a picture. I was laughing so hard. Almost like people would use their cell phones now. Yeah. She took a picture of me and wrote Mike on the back of it, Mike watching W.C. Fields. And then when I moved back to Cottage Grove after our brief sojourn in San Jose for about eight months, she mailed that photograph to me, and I still have it. Me laughing in front of the television set having to go to my aunt's house because we didn't have the channel she did channel I, I, 36 love in to San Jose a 15 year old mike i'm just in front of the laughing. television set loving fields <laughs> i remember going to uh, a kind of an art house cinema in eugene with my dad after my mom had passed yeah. again these are things that you that that are precious yeah. because well, it, my dad gets out. My dad wasn't getting out much in his great grief over mm -hmm. the loss of his wife of 33 years, my mom, and he getting him out to a couple of football games. And mm -hmm. then I said, Dad, there's a Fields film playing at Cinema 7, the atrium building in Eugene. Do you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. And to see my dad next to me watching Fields in a pool routine in a film called Six of a Kind, we were both just... Just laughing our hearts out. My dad had tears in his eyes, laughing so yeah, hard. Yeah, well, and I, I just said, "Thank you, Fields. Yeah, you Thank you for that." You can't. Uh, that that's that's gold. That's gold. Good morning, John. Well, good morning, Michael. And uh, it's nice to be here on a a wet Thursday. It's not supposed to be raining right now, but it I'll is. Tell you what, today though has felt like yeah. a revelation to walk out this morning with Juno for her constitutional. And to feel almost warm was a good feeling. Well, it was 52 in my car at 4 yeah, in the morning right. when I was coming in. Right. And that hasn't been that way. Because it was 38 in the afternoon on Monday when I was taking the Christmas lights down and freezing to death and the pouring down 38-degree rain. Much better. Now, while we have some rain coming back in, yeah. we've also been blessed with some sunshine and, and mid-50s. Sunny today. weekend coming up. And there's nothing to do. There's no game on Saturday night. So there's nothing to do. 
Now, is tomorrow for the implosion, the weather in the 7 in the morning, 740? Uh, no, it could be raining tomorrow during that. Okay, then when you said a sunny weekend, we're right. talking Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, and, and perhaps even tomorrow afternoon. Okay. It's just you got to get through all this until sometime tomorrow late, and then sunny and dry. Well, partly sunny, partly cloudy, and dry on Monday and Tuesday. So we'll get four days for rivers to recede and all mm-hmm. of that. But it is, I think, going to be wet when uh, that happens between 7.30 and 8.30, and it's floating because... All the at, way to 8.30 now? Well, no, mm-hmm. 7.30 to 8, but okay. I also have been told 8.30. Mm-hmm. Just because they have to check the perimeter. they got to make sure that everybody's right. out of certain buildings. they got to do all this safety check and timing check mm-hmm. and then push the button. We had Scott Barnes yesterday for the uh, podcast. It's up and running at OSUBeavers.com in the fan zone. And... <laughs> There was one question I didn't get in. There was a lot of little questions. If if we can get guests that have shorter answers, then I, I've got a million questions for them. And I wanted to ask him in a somewhat tongue-in-cheek manner, but it's actually one, something that Curtis, one of our texters, pointed out this morning, and that is because he gets to push the button. Scott does. And... Curtis pointed out, and I was curious, well, is it a real button or a pretend button where they say, all right, he's pushed it, and then they push the real button? In other words, do you let a commoner, if you will, in the blasting world get anywhere near the button? It's a very good question because if you're near the button and you reach for some, oh, wow, accidentally hit it. <laughs> right. Or, and then we got into this this morning. I think it should be the T-bar that you have in the Acme <laughs> cartoons from Warner Brothers in the 1930s. Yeah, right. Push that T down. Right. I like that. That's a good image. You know, we don't want buttons or switches mm-hmm. or or even have them put two wires together like the Old West. <laughs> I like my favorite part of all of that. One of the Naked Gun movies. I don't know which one, but Leslie Nielsen saves the world. But, you know, a bomb's going to be dropped and the world's going to come to an end because we can't get get the recall code and it's going to happen. It's going to (laughs) happen in the countdown. Everybody's trying to figure out how to get it. And he just runs. He he runs into the room, (laughs) unplugs it. (laughs) And it works. And it works. So I'm not sure, you know, what. Scott's actual, you know, does he press a button right. and that begins the detonation? I don't know. It's a good question. It's, it's fun. It's fun to yeah. think of. And uh, <laughs> that'll be tomorrow. Now, you said that they're going to back time it. So if you see the beginning of your interview with Scott, that it means comes it's coming soon. I believe, I, I, with this caveat, Sarah Elcano said yeah. that there will be some fill in. If there's some you know, delay, it, yeah. they may back time it and then get to the moment and then it. They're not quite ready after right, all. Right. They'll have some footage, highlight, whatever. They're going to yeah. have something on the live stream. So just because our conversation plays doesn't mean exactly 15 minutes later it's going to go there. They'll have some other film material, I think, in case they have to delay it a little bit longer. It's only like three seconds, so they, they can't miss it. <laughs> they can't be doing something else when it happens. Do any of you, by the way, what... We'll get into some open phones a little bit later. Coming up today on the Joe Beaver Show, we know that he doesn't have a great deal of time, but we'll be honored to be joined by a legendary sports talk radio guy. JT the Brick will be joining us here in a few minutes. And then I've I've always enjoyed JT. We talked about it yesterday. 
for 17, 18 years in this market on this frequency, yep. we have heard him either in the afternoon, late afternoon night. or in the evening. I think of more in the evening driving around the Mid Valley through most of uh, the 2000s and 2010s. Mm-hmm. There's JT the Brick. Yep. He's often talking about the NFL and the Raiders. So my, you know, and I I don't take issue with that. I mean, again, as I said yesterday, I understand on the national shows, you go with the king and you go right. with what people care about and talk about on a national general level. But he went deeper than that. And this is what I appreciated. His love for the Raiders came through. So you knew this was a national guy who mm-hmm. had a team he really liked and spoke to Raider Nation night after night after night. And people would call and, and appreciate that about him and love him and, and a hardworking guy whose story of getting into sports talk radio, whether we're able to get into that with him or not, I don't know, but we're, uh, our time is short yeah. and it's a busy week with the Raiders and Chargers playing the winner in the playoffs. If they, t- I read about some weird scenario that if a certain result occurs and the Raiders and Chargers tie, then they're both in. I also heard this morning that if the Colts lose, then they're both in. I think that's true. The Colts lose, they're both in. But are, are the Colts, is, is it the Colts? Actually, no, TJ the... did it all. TJ, okay. Come in here, TJ. Uh, TJ put it together on a, on a rap that I played this morning okay. a couple of times. There's some odd scenarios. But I also heard the guys talking this morning on the update. But the one thing that came to my mind this morning that really piqued my interest was the Super Bowl possibly moving. And JT, I know, took that up as a subject on Mad Dog Radio last night. So if we get a chance, we'll ask him about that. TJ, did you type it all out? Is there a scenario whereby both everybody's saying win and you're in? And that's true. The Raiders-Chargers game, the winner is going to make the playoffs. But is there an odd scenario whereby they both could get in? So I believe if the Jaguars beat the Colts on Sunday, they play earlier in the day on Sunday, then both the Raiders and the Chargers are in. Only if they tie, though, I think. That's what I read. Because the Raiders, I believe the Raiders would clinch with a Colts loss because they beat him last week. And the Chargers just need to win or tie to clinch. So So I'm I'm pretty certain they would both be in. The Colts lose to the Jaguars. And the Colts haven't, and they're playing in Jacksonville. I don't think the Colts have won there in a number of years. Or is it if the Jaguars beat the Colts and the Raiders and Chargers tie there? Is that yeah. it? So I saw the scenario that the so if if the Jaguars beat the Colts, neither team, neither the Chargers or Raiders would have almost anything to play for, and they would it would they should, would just take fifteen knees apiece and kneel out Sunday Night Football, which I don't think the league and the networks would like, but that's what I've seen. Okay, okay, it's a it's an interesting scenario. To yes, say the least. I don't think the Colts should lose to the Jaguars. And I have a quick question. No. Um, why are the Jaguar fans all going to dress up like clowns? What, what are they mad about? Uh, that's news to me. <laughs> well, Where'd you read that? Well, Trevor Lawrence said he, he doesn't agree with the fans doing that. I, I've seen it in a couple of headlines. Well, is it just I a matter of, of to, the old to, New to Orleans Saints? Gad Sad, their owner. They're oh, their owner. well, I mean, he's not a very good owner. Well, somebody called it a clown show, and then the right. fans picked up on that and said, Paper we're bags. all going to. We're all going to wear clown The suits. old days of the Saints fans wearing paper yeah, bags. Maybe eights. this is just a variation yeah, it's on that be. theme. Fan revolt, yeah. I guess. I mean, I think that yeah, would he, he hasn't been a very good owner. And Lawrence says, you know, leave him, leave the owner alone. Don't do that. But that's all the more reason why they'll probably do it. 
Doc, we have, since he's on a tight schedule, we need to break. And we have a few minutes with JT the Brick. The impetus to call this longtime national sports host was his uh, deep love and involvement with the Raiders and the passing of John Madden. This was the only day this week where he had about a 10-minute window. And so we'll sound JT out on some things when we return and then get into some open phones. Michael Chaplin. The associate head coach, beginning his 25th year in that capacity with Oregon State Gymnastics, will join us in the 12 o'clock hour around 12.20 or so. Open phones and texts in the meantime, but it's JT the Brick next on 1240 Joe Radio. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump says the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements and they'll safely deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? If one of your New Year's resolutions is to get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. They invite you to stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. The staff at Corvallis Floor Covering thanks you for your continued support over the last 34 years and looks forward to working with you in 2022. For more information, log on to Corvallis Floor Covering. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering, corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown and go Beavs. Independent Auto Works has been servicing and repairing Volkswagens for over 50 years. They're experts on Jettas, Passats, Nuno Beetles, Golfs, PDIs, Eurovans, and Vanagans. And they work on most other makes and models too. They're on 13th Street near the OSU campus in Corvallis. Independent Auto Works, the guys you can trust. Your satisfaction is our success. Independent Auto Works. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758-8245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back into the Joe Beaver Show. It is an honor to welcome a guy that we've been listening to most of our grown-up lives here in the Mid-Valley, John. Over the years, JT the Brick, the legend himself, taking a few minutes out of an incredibly 
busy time. JT, I thank you for joining us. You are a voice of my sports world life. So thanks for taking time for us. You got a lot going on. Could you update our listeners here in the Mid-Valley 1240 Joe Radio, which is, by the way, an affiliate of the Raiders Radio Network. What exactly you're doing now? It's a lot. Could you give us the update? Yeah, Joe, good to be on. I'm doing uh, Raiders Radio every day, noon to 2 Pacific, and I do a national show for Sirius XM every night on Mad Dog from 7 to 10. So five hours a week, and then on um, the pre- and post-game radio for the Raiders, the TV host for the coaches' show. I just uh, got off the set with Rich Passaccia, the head coach of the Raiders. So busy. It's football season, and the Raiders have an opportunity to play potentially in a playoff game if they beat the Chargers. So it's really exciting here in Vegas right now. Do you travel with the Raiders when they go on the road? Uh, I, I have my entire 23 career, but with COVID restrictions, we haven't traveled in the last two years for obvious reasons. Mm. Hey, JT, before we get to the, the reason that I thought of you, and it's a little, it's old now in the news cycle, but we, we can always spend, we can spend hours talking about the late, great John Madden, and I want to do that with you. But what have you made of the job Coach Passaccia has done, your interactions with him? Does he have a good shot, in your opinion, of, of getting the full-time gig? Well, I, again, that's, that's way over my pay grade on what his future is going to look like. The more he wins, the more that helps the opportunity with him. Uh, he's done a tremendous job. I mean, there's been a lot of adversity with the Raiders this season, with the John Gruden resignation, the Henry Ruggs fatality car accident, uh, everything that's happened with the team this year, all the COVID issues recently, the injuries. This team's been devastated by injuries, and Basachi's had them ready to play every game, and they've been on this winning streak that puts them in playoff contention. So I think he's done a masterful job. What do you make of the game this weekend and uh, the, the the Raiders shot? Yeah, I give the Raiders a good shot. It's pretty much, you know, a two-and-a-half to three-point game, and Point spread doesn't matter in this game at all because the loser is out and the winner moves forward. I mean, I think the Raiders got to be happy that they get the game at home. They get a game at home that is the most important game they've played in 20 years, and they get it at home flex to Sunday night football. So with all of that involved, I think the Raider fans are really excited about the opportunity. Carr's been making a lot of plays in the fourth quarter. The Raiders got their running game going recently with Josh Jacobs, but, you know, Justin Herbert's given him problems. So really good Charger team. Fortunately, the Chargers make a lot of mistakes, and they're not good at stopping the run. So I think the Raiders have more than a puncher's chance. I, you know, I always pick the Raiders to win. I like the spot they're in. JT, we're, it's, it's great to be a Raider affiliate for our second year in a row now. I think we're only the second station in the state of Oregon to carry the Raiders. I love them. We've had Lincoln Kennedy on. Love to get Musburger. But tell me about the Raider fan in Vegas. Is it mostly Raider fans from Oakland coming over? Or has the, the, the town of Vegas adopted the Raiders and they come out in force? No, the town of Vegas adopted them. This is the Las Vegas Raiders. So the majority of the fans are from Vegas. And our season ticket holders from here, but there's a lot of fans that come in still from the Bay Area, come in from L.A. and Southern California. And on top of that, there's, you know, it's now the new global hub of the Raider Nation. So a lot of opposing fans are welcome to come. They've been coming because they want to see their team play for the first time in Vegas. So it's been good to see other fans come in and enjoy the city of Vegas. And it's been one giant party. I mean, every game is a different storyline Great fan bases and teams have come in. 
Fortunately, the Chargers don't have a national fan base, so there shouldn't be many of them this, this Sunday night. JT, the brick joining us. JT, what is it about this loyalty, this love for the Raiders and the fans that allows them to remain loyal and devoted and passionate about the Raiders no matter where they go? Well, it's a great question. This has been a very loyal fan base for since 1960, and they've been diehards. And as you know, the Raiders have a global brand, and they have a brand that travels all over the world. And Raider fans have been through some great history, the greatest games, the greatest players, the legendary Hall of Famers. But, you know, they've gone through a couple of moves to L.A. and back, and now Oakland to Vegas. And you know, real Raider fans see the big picture now. The team's got their own stadium now forever. It's a Raiders stadium, so the fans have something to call home. And I think everybody's starting to realize that the Vegas is the best place to be. If you can't be in Oakland, I mean, Vegas is incredible. And fans are coming out here, and they're blown away by Allegiant Stadium, the whole experience of a weekend in Vegas, the gambling aspect of the casinos, the great restaurants, the weather, everything. So it's been the perfect fit. How much did the your friend and the late, great Al Davis have to do with sort of fostering that sense of, these are the Raiders, this is our guy, this is our team? Again, throughout all of those moves, how much did Al himself, you think, affect that? Well, Al had a huge effect on Vegas. He was coming to Vegas. He had his birthday party here every year. He had reunions here in Vegas. He knew the casino owners and operators. So, you know, it was never his vision to move the team to Vegas, especially while he was alive. But he'd be very proud of his son, Mark. And Mark has done an amazing job with the NFL, getting the Pro Bowl, getting the Super Bowl here, the NFL draft. That's only because the Raiders are in Vegas. This wouldn't have happened in Oakland. So now that they're here in Vegas, I think the Raider brand is going to explode to even a bigger level. And Al Davis would be very proud of that. And being down there, working in that market now, and with Allegiant Stadium, the, the Pac-12 Conference title game there, and the bowl game there has ramped up the Vegas Bowl for the Pac-12 Conference immensely. And we, up until the last two weeks of the regular season, the Beavers had an opportunity to get there. And it would, just came that close. What do you think of Vegas as being kind of a hub now for all, first of all, a lot of uh, conferences, basketball tournaments, as well as the Pac-12 tournament? Yeah, it's great. It's really going to be special when you see even more coming up here, guys. The the ability for the college Final Four in basketball, a playoff games in football. Uh, next year we have the kick. This year, not next year. This year we have the kickoff classic with LSU and USC's Brian Kelly versus Lincoln Riley. Um, there's going to be super fights here, UFC, and then we've had the best concerts. We never had a football stadium for concerts. The Rolling Stones, Garth Brooks, Billy Joel, Metallica. All these unbelievable bands are playing, They've got, you know, for 60,000 people instead of 15 to 18,000 people. So sports entertainment, as the ad says, it's the greatest arena on earth. And for the Pac-12 and all these college fans, this is going to be the place you're going to be coming to for years to come. Final question before I get your thoughts, and we'll close with your thoughts and, and what you've been hearing about the late, great John Madden. But, JT, on your national show on Mad Dog uh, uh, Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82 last night. I read that you broached the subject of a possible relocation of the Super Bowl. Have you sounded that out much? What do you hear about that? Well, they canceled the Grammys in L.A., and that's the Super Bowl of music. So that's something to keep the uh, an eye on. I think it'll go forward in L.A. L.A.'s got an indoor-outdoor stadium with cross-ventilation because the outside of the stadium's opened up. 
Um, they've already gone ahead and planned it. I don't know what they'll do for Radio Row or other events that'll be there if COVID continues to pop the way it is out west here. But uh, I hope it stays there. But, you know, the, the NFL has to have a contingency plan in case it doesn't. But I'm pretty confident, even though they're talking about it, the Super Bowl will be great at SoFi Stadium. That's another beautiful stadium. I'm more biased to Allegiant Stadium in Vegas because it's more fun than Inglewood will ever be. But uh, I think I'll be in L.A. for the Super Bowl this year. Hopefully the Raiders can get there. JT, the brick final thing. JT, I listened to your podcast with Brent Musburger and Phil Villapiano and others recently, you and Looney, and it was great a great listen. You said that Brent was the first person you thought of when you heard of the tragic news of the passing of John Madden. You were the first person I thought of because when I think John Madden, I think Raiders. Then when I think Raiders, I think you. It's all connected. It's, it's an amazing family that you all have in, in the Raider Nation. But you thought of Brent and had him on your podcast. What was it that, that kind of led you to talk to Brent about the late, great John Madden? Well, it had to do with the broadcasting connection. Brent was the big name at CBS when John Madden came over initially to start as a broadcaster, and Brent had those best stories. And he was very good friends with John Madden. So that kind of clicked with me. And, you know, I talked to Fred Bolitnikoff, Bill Villapiano, Art Shell, a lot of his former players that had so much love. And, guys, I'll leave you on this yeah. note. Uh, Sunday night, they're doing some special things for Coach Madden. So tune in early on that pregame show. The Raiders haven't had a chance yet they were on the road in Indy to celebrate John Madden at home at Allegiant Stadium. That's going to be a big part of the broadcast and a big part of the pregame. JT, the brick, we miss hearing you on terrestrial radio, but we're glad you're still doing your thing. Thanks for making some time in your busy schedule for us here in the Mid-Valley in Oregon. We appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. All the best. Thanks, JT. JT, the brick, on the tight schedule. He, he didn't get the Don McLean treatment no. or the Michael Chaplin treatment. Or the Wayne Tinkle treatment. <laughs> Shortest the treatment interview we've be, ever yeah, had. Uh, being, or the Bill Walton, how you doing, Bill? And Bill, 27 minutes later, has answered that question about how he's doing. JT told us, he said, I got no more than 10, guys. I yeah. got to go. Let's go. Yeah. Well, yeah. and just doing research <laughs> on all the different shows that yes. he does, he doesn't have any time. Raider Nation Radio, noon to two every day. JT, the Brick Sports Talk Radio at Mad Dog Radio on Sirius XM Channel 82, 7 to 10 Pacific Time every night. Yeah. Plus the two-hour local show every day. And the uh, post and pregame show for all the games. Right. Uh, you know, because there are so many questions I wanted to ask him about. His yeah. friendships with Raiders players through the years and how he, he spoke at Ken Stabler's uh, memorial service. Wow. That's how much he's ingratiated well, I, and into I wanted Raider to ask Nation. him how long he's been with the Raiders. Since 98, I believe, is okay, what so I read. That was just three years after he got into broadcasting. Right. And he parlayed. Yeah, I don't, and I also wanted to ask him about the origins of his love for the Raiders. So we're doing all of this now, and we hope that maybe Dave will give us a call who, if who's a big <laughs> listener to Mad Dog Radio on Sirius XM yeah. 82. Do you listen to JT the Brick? Do you lie? I mean, we can get into all of that, but this is our chance right now in this segment, John, before we break, to talk a little bit about JT. And I also wanted to ask him the origins of the nickname, JT the Brick. Do you know the answer to that? I do. If, but, but, if Wikipedia but, is correct. If Wikipedia is correct, but Wikipedia doesn't explain exactly the origins. So, so let me ask you, what okay. do you make of it? Something about um, when he called Rome... And, of course, a brick, meaning you shoot a brick if you fail, and that you fail badly. Right. I, I always joke, and don't steal this, I always joke and say, check for a 
chip in the backboard on that free throw. <laughs> I won't steal it, <laughs> but I like it. And, uh, and I guess, you know, he may have failed badly on a call here or there. And the next thing you know, he he calls him the brick. Oh, and then uh, Rome was calling the Knicks, which was his favorite team. The JT's Bricks. favorite team. The yeah. Bricks. Mm-hmm. I think that may be it. was it. the Knicks and the Bricks. And so now he, ah, let's go to, let's go to the phone. JT the Brick, our Nick fan. Right. That Something. may be it because Romy does not allow, quote, self-glossing, right. unquote. So this is where I want Romy must have given it to <laughs> given JT it to the Nick. instead of the other way JT around. the Nick fan. Yeah, Nick fan. Let's JT go to JT the brick. the brick. I bet Romy gave it yeah. to him because Romy would not have allowed JT to call. No way. Hey, Jim, this is JT the Brick. How you doing? <laughs> ah, I don't like that call. Would have ensued. Yeah, yeah. So all of that we wanted to get to. Maybe down the road someday, but I have a feeling <laughs> trying to get JT the Brick will always be with the time constraints that we just dealt with. I do know, too, that he was a stockbroker making a lot of money before he went into radio, but that was a lifelong dream. Born in New York City, big-time Yankee fan. The one thing I wanted to know, has he become a Raiders fan because he went to work for them or from afar, yeah. back east? Yeah. Did he look at the Raider brand and the Raiders and say, oh, I like that team? And when did he become a Raiders fan? Was it only when he went to work for them? And now, he? I still, and I mean this, when... The great John Madden passed. One of the first people I thought that we might have a chance anyway. I thought mm-hmm. of, okay, mm-hmm. okay, who who could we possibly talk to that could speak about John? And we didn't even do that. I wanted to talk to him about what he's hearing from George Atkinson and Phil Villapiano yeah. and, and others about the life and influence of John Madden, possibly Roger Goodell, maybe speaking hyperbolically, but Goodell says he's had the biggest influence of anybody in the history of the NFL. Hard to argue with that. With the video game, the broadcasting, Mm -hmm. the coaching, winning a Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. the influence that he's had on so many, that may be true. So I I, I was hoping to kind of sound JT out and all of those things, but that takes time. And so instead, we just kind of hit one thing after another, and he was good on all of it. He is thoroughly prepared, and he has to be in the life that he's in. All the work that he does reminds me of that image you said about Lars many years ago when you were doing some fill-in work at KXL in Portland. He would be there hours before his shows just hammering away, and you would throw a question at him, no matter what the question, and he would give you a little bit, a la JT the Brick, the quick. He knew exactly what to say. Now, the Raiders, they're underdogs (laughs) in it, but I like where they're sitting, and here's why, because I know Herbert gives him problems, right? You would ask him any questions, and off Lars would go. And he wouldn't wouldn't give you the headline. (laughs) He would go deep into it, but it would be 5 in the morning because I'm up there getting ready to do morning sports, and I, hey, Lars, (laughs) I'll tell you what, you know, listen to him, what do you think? (laughs) And then he'd go, well, and then he'd go into the spiel that he That he's preparing to use later in the day or that he'd use the day before. And I'm thinking, well, that's nice, but I know you're you're short on time. You could have given me just a one or two sentence headline on that. <laughs> kind of we nod and wink to each other like, I agree. I agree too. But, but <laughs> that was what, five in the morning. Yeah, I know. For an 11 I, o'clock show. Exactly. When I think about guys doing a lot of stuff, local, yeah. national, all of that, the JT and, and, and Lars in terms of the, the analogy of how hard they work, how much they work, and how much they prepare, JT is in that camp. He is. And he was the original Smack off winner when Rome went to this smack off thing in '95, and I think Jim Harbaugh was one of the contestants that year. He buries Harbaugh now. Somewhere along the way, they must have the relationship must have soured yeah, or yeah. ended, just as it's going to with Brian Kelly if it hasn't <laughs> right. already. But 
But Harbaugh was an original smack talk competitor when Jim was the coach at U USD, University of wow. San Diego. You don't see that very often. And Harbaugh called in, and they they have tape of it calling in, trying to talk smack, and it was kind of scripted <laughs> out, and it was a little awkward. But the very fact that Jim tried yeah. was kind of a cool thing in its own right. But uh, JT the Brick won the original smack off. It almost like... Um, I don't know what happens. I, I've never really seen one of the shows that uh, the, the American Idol was at one of them. What did Kelly Clarkson and those people American win? Idol, American yeah. Idol. Yeah. Did that, if you won that, a little bit like Mike Rich submitting a script yes. and it was selected. Yeah. Did he get a contract as a result I, of that? I have not read that. I just thought it was the popularity of his calls. Well, and that's what someone, I mean. Did Mike because Rich I read go? that he... He got a call from a station that said offered him a job. I think that's probably it. It's not as though, hey, the smack-off winner right. gets a contract to do sports no, talk I radio. I think they just liked his calls like that and say, hey, you might be pretty good at this. And then and then away it goes. He apparently got a late-night job on KMAX, KMAX Radio in L.A., parlayed that into a job in San Diego, mm -hmm. and, and then soon was one of the original voices on Fox Sports Radio, which began in That's 2001. Right. Which we had it from the very beginning. And he worked at Fox from 2001 through 2018. I don't remember his time slot, though. That's a long, he moved around a little bit, but yeah. I, I think when I think of JT the Brick, I think of a guy in the evening here in the Mid-Valley driving around point A to point yeah. B and yeah. listening to him in 10 or 15 minutes. And they, Snippets. they let him go, and he had yeah. Looney, and I, and I don't know why they did that. I'm not sure either. It's a long run. It's a long run, 01 to 18, and he's yeah. landed on his feet doing all the Raiders stuff and the satellite radio stuff on Sirius XM Channel 82. Let's take a break. Dave, if you, if you are at all a fan of or at least an occasional listener, listener to, do you like his approach and style? The thing I've always liked about him is the thoroughgoing preparation that he does, and just um, the love, the genuine love that he's had for the Raiders. And that's what I wanted to sound him out a little bit. Well, yeah. What does it mean for you to sit alongside George Atkinson? All of the interactions he had with the great Jim Brown, mm -hmm. all of the things that JT's been involved with through his involvement with Al Davis and the Raiders. And by his own admission, he said he did not know John Madden well. That's why he reached out to Brent, who yeah. knew him very well. Interesting story about that, Johnny, that, that I found interesting. The rest, indeed, the history, John was good enough that he was going to transcend and be good with anybody that he worked with. And yeah. He showed that with the various partners that he worked with. Musburger tells the story that when they used Coach Madden in 1980 on a CBS pregame show, it was John Madden and my hero, the late George Allen, together doing a greaseboard type, segment before mm -hmm. the Super Bowl uh, in 1980. And Allen, or the championship game, I can't remember exactly what Brent said, but we had Madden and Allen on together. Brent didn't editorialize and say John was way better than George, but certainly John made a, a big impact in that. He put give him a, a, a grease board, and yeah. John's probably going to outshine George Allen in that, just because we saw what he did with the Telestrator and, <laughs> and how he sort of invented that whole use in his world. But, but Musburger said they had a meeting, the, all the executives, and, the, and what are we going to do with Madden next year? He, we we got to put him to work. Yeah. And who are we going to pair him with? And Vin Scully was the lead CBS yeah. football announcer at that time, or at least in the family. 
And somebody said, well, we'll put him with Scully because Scully will bring him along and Vin's the, the great pro. And Musburger said, he said in the meeting, and others said, the problem with that is when Scully's on, it's sort of he's the deal. Yeah. And it's Vin Scully. And somebody said, you know, somebody a little more understated maybe and give John a chance to shine a little bit more. And how about Pat Summerall? Very smart. Very smart to look ahead. They actually show some footage of, of Scully and Madden working together. So they the did do some games together. Yeah. But eventually somebody said it's better to put well, John with Pat, and that's one of the best broadcast teams of all time. Well, they, they actually showed it as they, he worked with Scully, but he also worked with others, several others. Brookshire, maybe? Or? Uh, yeah, okay. before, before he ended up with Summerall. In fact, they, they kind of chronicle that it was Bob Costas. I think he did work with Costas, That he worked too. with as mm-hmm. one of his first, even mm-hmm. before getting to Scully. Mm-hmm. And he chokes about this, you know, this, this little... 12-year-old boy that I'm working with <laughs> is pretty funny. It's it's a good I still good haven't seen it. I hear oh, great things. And, and JT has commented that the documentary is fantastic. Yeah. I look forward to seeing it. We look forward to any comments, calls, Dave, anybody else that might want to join us. We'll take a break. 497-5356. Michael Chaplin still to come. 497-5356. The Downward Dog phone line. The University Honda text line on 1240. Joe Rady. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the glass man. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call, and if it's more convenient, I can generally get it done the next day. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements and they'll safely deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Boulevard in Corvallis. Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? If one of your New Year's resolutions is to get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. They invite you to stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. The staff at Corvallis Floor Covering thanks you for your continued support over the last 34 years and looks forward to working with you in 2022. For more information, log on to Corvallis Floor Covering. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering, corner of 2nd and Van you're in downtown and go beefs independent auto works has been servicing and repairing volkswagens for over 50 years they're experts on jettas passats nuno beetles golfs pdis your vans and vanigans and they work on most other makes and models too they're on 13th street near the osu campus in corvallis independent auto works the guys you can trust 
Your satisfaction is our success. Independent Auto Works. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 588-8245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. 1240 Joe Radio. Well, Phil Silver is our thanks to JT the Brick. We've got Dave and Paul on the Downward Dog phone lines. We'll get to the University Honda text line if you have any contributions there. Mike Parker, John Warren, and during the interview with JT, TJ Matthewson comes running down the hall and shows us a picture of Mike Riley. I said, why are you showing us Mike Riley? And TJ, there's a reason. Well, I forgot the USFL was a thing, but it's coming back, and Mike Riley is the head coach of the New Jersey Generals. So this news broke on Colin's show on, this morning. So the USFL is back. What What is the news, essentially? So the USFL is partnered with Fox Sports, uh, and Colin Cowherd's, yes. you know, you'd argue he's probably their, their flagship show. So they have him break the, the first four head coaches uh, on the herd this morning. Mm-hmm. So he breaks Mike Riley. Uh, Kevin Sumlin will be the head coach of the Houston Gamblers. Uh, Todd Haley will be the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bandits. And then Bart Andrus will be the head coach of the Philadelphia Stars. And then what are the other franchises? If there's uh, The other franchises, uh, what else am I missing? We did New Orleans Breakers, Pittsburgh Maulers, Tampa Bay Bandits, already said that, Michigan Panthers, Birmingham Stallions. Am I missing anything? Uh, I think I got them all, but they don't. They haven't named the other coaches. I believe they, the they've only four? named those first four okay. so far. Familiar names, certainly in both yeah. Riley and Sumlin, as yeah. part of our footprint in the world. And yeah, you played the portion where Colin, because of his local knowledge, he said, "I covered Mike Riley, nicest, uh, uh, nicest guy, one of the nicest guys ever. Smartest, in sports. Too. smartest. He's sm- very smart, offensive minded." And he said, "Mike Riley." has a certain degree of renown because he begged John Robinson, look, there's this skinny quarterback in Northern California. We ought to offer. We ought to recruit. We ought to offer. And John Robinson, eh. And the guy that Riley wanted badly at USC was Tom Brady. And and Mike has a certain amount of notoriety for, again, at Oregon State and elsewhere, and even at SC, he saw a guy that had big-time talent. And at Oregon State, it served him well for many years to have those kinds of eyes. And he gave Jim Gilstrap, the late offensive line coach, a lot of credit for having eyes to find the diamonds in the rough that you have to do to build a program, particularly here. But he was trying to get Brady to go to USC, and John Robinson had other plans. I forgot the USFL was coming back in April, so they kick off on April 16th of this year. A 12-game schedule. A 12, a 12-week schedule oh. with eight teams. Okay. So it'll be interesting because, as we've seen, the last two kind of attempts at launching a second pro football yeah. league here in the States has yet to last a full season. Let's go to our caller, see what the first reaction to this news. Thanks, TJ, for that. We'll talk again. We'll get into more open phones and other matters as we go. Michael Chaplin next hour. Dave, thanks for calling. You're the only person I know who listens regularly to Mad Dog Radio. So does that mean you hear JT the Brick on occasion, accidentally, or what? Well, if it's a big news day, I'll stay on uh, because he's on an hour. There's an hour gap with Steve Torrey, 
and then JT comes on after that. So if it's a big sports news day, for example, Aaron Rodgers' press conference, I'll tune in to what uh, JT used to have to say when he was on at night. And by the way, JT has a career much like John Madden. I mean, he's been on almost all of the networks. He started on what was Sports Fan Radio Network, which became Sporting News Radio Network, which became Fox Sports, and now he's on uh, uh, Mad Dog. But JT has mellowed a little bit, guys. I, rem- I When he was on in the middle of the night, it was classic radio. He still had that edge from when he was in the SmackDowns on Rome show. But if a guy called in and was wandering, lost focus, <laughs> uh, was asking him how he was, he so he he would he would cut loose. He, Mad Dog has the guillotine, <laughs> just so you know. Okay. But Mad, but JT had. I have to spell it, and then I'm going to give you an example of his vintage cutoff. It would be P-O-W-M-M-M. So if somebody got on his bad side, he'd go, pow, and the guy <laughs> would be gone. But he, does, he, doesn't, he doesn't do that anymore. Okay. But my last, point, my last point I have to call in is you were talking earlier about what I got, I got into the weeds a little bit yesterday. I'm going to do it briefly again today with gender perspective. So uh, regarding John's wife and, J- uh, and uh, uh, W.C. Fields, so Chris is listening to you guys talk about the demolition of the old side. I can't even get it out. The old side of the stadium, and she says, the, <laughs> the first things that have to go are the women's restrooms. <laughs> and I just, I just stuck, I just stuck my They were cold, nope. narrow. I mean, imagine being in the, the ladies out there. Imagine no. being in those restrooms on a cold, late November day during the Civil War. And, and Chris is just thinking, those are the first things that have to go. So I, 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 I thought you might appreciate yes. that humor. She's as avid a listener by necessity as I am, <laughs> but she's always picking up on your stuff. So when Scott pushes that button tomorrow, in her mind, the first thing that's going to come tumbling down are the women's restrooms. Well, maybe that's where they set up the first uh, fuses or whatever. We'll find out, I guess, as it goes. We'll have, we'll have to throw that out in the press conference afterwards. Dave, thank you for that. Keep up your research on Jamo and Jamoke for me. Vis-a-vis, never give a sucker an even break. It's an important bit of research you're up to. So thank you for that, Dave. Always good to hear from you. I'm on it. Take care. Thank you. Let's go to Paul, another good friend to our show through the years. Paul, what uh, what's on your mind today? Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Well, I just want to let you know that, hey, uh, Channel 9, they're out of Eugene, is going to uh, – show that implosion live on the TV tomorrow morning. Okay, that's good to know. I, I bet they're not alone because I I know that media, credentialed media, need to arrive early and uh, set yeah. set up their cameras and so on. But I think KZI won't be alone in, in telecasting over, over the air television uh, the implosion of the west side of research. But thank you for that. Well, at least we know now, thanks to you, Paul, that Channel 9 will carry it live. Right, right. I, I would assume 13 is going to be there, too. Probably. So, yeah. But anyway, yeah, what a great call from Dave. I never never thought of that perspective about the bathrooms on the old side. Well, never having been in, you know, in them, uh, that Chris refers to, we'll just have to take her word for it. <laughs> 
I think things are well, going to be a whole lot we, better in 2023. Guys, don't have to worry about that too much because yeah. we don't have very much exposed. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I, I just can imagine that the women's side. Yeah, there's there's no heat in there. Well, we look forward to to even with all of that said, and Chris, I'm sure is right. And there's a lot of you know people talked about old Vaughn Street in Portland where the Beavers used to play, and you know it was dilapidated. Uh, some of the great old ballparks that we romanticize about Fenway, Wrigley, and others. There are a lot of people who say, "Hey," and even even Rosenblatt. Rosenblatt was imploded. I loved Rosenblatt Stadium in Omaha. It was imploded. And I think makes the top ten list or whatever of oh, of, really? of, of uh, stadia that have been imploded, but but TD Ameritrade it, it, it's quote unquote better. Mm-hmm. I, I still prefer Rosenblatt, but I understand the amenities and so on within TD Ameritrade are beautiful. They're second to none, and the fan experience yeah. thus could be better and certainly in Reeser Stadium in 2023 and going forward we're going to have just an absolutely wonderful fan experience coming but it doesn't mean that we won't miss certain aspects I guess we Chris won't miss at all the the bathroom experience on the old side but there are just certain sections moments lines of vision angles that Mm -hmm. you know from some of the plays and games that generations of fans have seen from those stands uh, you know, I'm sure when it comes tumbling down, it might be a little bit of the Edgar Martinez feeling in some people's uh, eyes tomorrow. Yeah, well, I, I used to have season tickets up at row 63 and section 15. And mm-hmm. even up that high, it was you could see the whole field. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's why I don't like to sit down low, because when you sit down low in the stands, and say you're in the middle at the 40 to 50 yard line, you're, you can't see the end zones. Yeah, I, I, you're you're up higher. You get to see the whole field. You can see every play. Yes. Yeah, you can. Which is a big deal now because of the huge scoreboard. All you got to do is look at the scoreboard and see the replay. Well, that's true at SoFi and at AT and T, and both of those facilities, Paul. I mean, you talk about being low and you can't see. How about being so low that the players are in the way? And how about being on the ground level in a suite that costs a lot of money? And you're looking at the ankles of the players. I don't know how they sell those boxes. Well, they're watching on TV in the box. That's what they do. That's true. It is true. Good to hear from you, Paul. Thanks for the tip on KEZI. Yeah, Johnny, that news about I'm shook. the USFL. I'm shook. Because of just the fact that we, I mean, I hadn't heard much talk about I it. And the USFL any. Twitter site has been quiet because... Yeah, they've only been tweeting since November. You're right, and they have less than two months ago, and just like a hundred tweets out. But I love this. I'm shook in a good way. I loved the original USFL. I know you did. I was uh, 20 years old, 1985, when the Portland uh, Breakers. Now the the league was before the point when Boston Breakers to the New Orleans Breakers over to Portland, and I just loved that league. And there were some great players that came through there. I remember seeing Jim Kelly play for the Houston Gamblers, and in, in a, uh, a a run-and-shoot offense uh, when they played the Breakers. I was at the very first game that Steve Young debuted. I I think it was a debut for him. I don't know if they had played a game before that, but it was the first Portland Breakers home game. Now, the Breakers started their time in Portland on the road. That's when Marcus Dupree hurt his knee, and he was done for his career. And 
the next game was a home game, and it was against the LA Express, and I sat in an end zone seat, which was the equivalent of center field for Portland Beaver baseball. And uh, and the Be- and the Beaver, the uh, breaker defense held the LA Express out of the end zone and won that ball game. So I, I love that league. I'm kind of disappointed that it's back to New Orleans for the Breakers and not Portland. Mm-hmm. And it starts in April. Uh, eight teams, a 12-week schedule. All, all on Fox, by the way. This has a chance, then. With Fox's backing, yes. because no league can make it without TV money. Right. But TV is king. I mean, <clears throat> football's king. And pro football, the, these other ventures, though, they, they've... They've yeah. not lasted. They've fallen short. I'm encouraged, in a sense, by Mike getting back in the in the fray. I know yeah. that, I mean, he's been dealing with some things, some very important issues away from the field. The fact that he's apparently said yes to the New Jersey Generals and an opportunity to coach in that league, I hope that means that things are better. I'm hoping we ha- will have a chance to talk to him at some point before he heads off and gets back into coaching with the New Jersey Generals of the USFL. We'll talk about this and more next hour. All set, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your Money Now. A lot of focus will be on December employment numbers that are to be released tomorrow morning. Economists polled by the Wall Street Journal expect the Labor Department report to show that the U.S. gained about 400. Expect the new number to be even higher and expect the November figure to be revised upward. This morning, we found out that first-time claims for jobless benefits edged higher by about 7,000 last week to 207,000. Stocks remain mixed. The Dow Industrials down 97 points. The S&P 500, though, is up 10. The Nasdaq Composite has gained 45. Oil prices keep going up, up, and away. February crude moved higher today for the 11th time in 12th session, rising more than 2%, settling at about 79.50 a barrel. The Postal Service is seeking a temporary exemption from President Biden's vaccine or regular testing mandate. They argue that a waiver would prevent major disruptions to mail delivery. That's your money now. Why does Walgreens offer co-pays as low as $0 and 90-day refills? Because we care about Medicare, so you don't have to. I mean, do you really care to hear me go on about same-day prescription delivery making your life easier? Or how there's a pharmacy expert available 24-7 and one-click refills? Well, I just did anyways. Fill your Medicare prescriptions with Walgreens and save. Zero dollar copays apply to tier one generic drugs and select plans with Walgreens as a preferred pharmacy. Restrictions apply. See Walgreens.com slash Medicare for complete details. Exergen would like you to know about an important non-contact thermometers are not accurate. This study also reports that they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy and labeling. With new strains of COVID on the rise, we can't afford to tolerate the rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more. Have you seen Highland Bowl's expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. Highland Bowl. 
showers or baths? Which do you prefer? Hi, this is Katie with Albin's Plumbing. You deserve a bathroom that fits you, whether that be a walk-in shower or a luxurious soaker tub. Let Albin's Plumbing handle your bathroom remodel from beginning to end. Then all you have to do is turn on the water and relax. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another golf minute and a brief word about club design. Your fairway wood, like your driver, creates distance with the length of its shaft and the loft of its face. Mishits occur when golfers try to create distance by swinging hard and fast. Why? The yardage is already built into the club, so swing it with the same effort with the rest of your clubs. The most important aspect of hitting a fairway wood is having a level path and impact. At address, make sure the shaft is nearly vertical and the ball about an inch behind your front heel. Don't try and help the ball into the air by leaning the shaft away from the target, and don't try and hit down on the ball by leaning the shaft towards the target. Instead, start with the club in a vertical position and let the loft lift the ball and the shaft will give it its distance. So remember, start with the shaft vertical at address to maximize the loft on the club. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Yes, Miss Tubbs. Uh, no problem. I'll call someone about the plumbing. One of Beatrice's properties needs a new superintendent. Someone with handyman superpowers and a concierge alter ego. Does anyone know any good electricians near Parkville? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Serena Williams. You watch me live on TV. And I'm the girl from that alien movie you watch on demand. Our worlds have been brought together thanks to Direct TV Stream. Why are you whispering? Because the alien will hear us. Maybe let the alien know you can get Direct TV Stream with no annual contract. He seems pretty excited by that, actually. Introducing Direct TV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand with no annual contract. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Time to enter the Magic Kingdom. Denise, would you kindly clear the wheels? Okay, here we go. On three. One, two. Tweets and texts, faces and books. Tweets and texts and faces and books. Seems like it's more about FM and color TV. In such an age as this, is there any room left for something as simple as radio? We believe there is. Touchdown, Beaver! He's got a chance to go! Joe Beaver Show is on the air with Mike Parker and John Warren, two men on a mission to prove that AM radio is a viable and modern source for news and entertainment. So gather the whole family. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you don't have one, fret not. I'll have the management send you up a radio. Be a part of the triumphant return of amplitude modulation. This is the big one, boys. This is the one that brings us back. Soon, AM radio will reign king once more. <laughs> it's the Joe Beaver Show on the home of the beavers. Cool, cool beef, beef. Kill me. 1240 Joe Radio. Into the second hour, Mike Parker with John Warren. Thanks for joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. 
Open phones, if you'd care to jump in, 497-5356, 497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line. The University Honda text line, the same number, 541-497-5356. In the 2000 NFL draft, the San Diego Chargers were loaded with three sixth-round picks. Within the organization, they had a huge believer in Tom Brady, Coach Mike Riley. He had personally recruited Tom Brady for the USC program where he was offensive coordinator, but had failed to convince them either. Riley tried his hardest not to miss out on him a second time now that he was a head coach in the NFL. In the sixth round, with each of the picks, Riley tried desperately to convince general manager Bobby Bethard to take Tom Brady. Bethard never budged. Instead, in the sixth round, he went for Jawan Sider. If you've never heard of Sider, it's because he never made it out of training camp. That's a I give Riley. Riley deserves credit for that, if nothing else in his life. And he deserves a lot of credit for a lot of things sure. in his life. But if he had nothing else, it's a little bit like, uh, you remember all those Dodger games over the years, John? There would be a scout behind home plate wearing a Panama hat, a white Panama hat. He would have a radar gun, and he would be measuring the velocity of pitches. And in almost every broadcast, I remember Skip Carey and others on WTBS and national broadcasts of other kinds saying, you see that guy in the white Panama hat behind home plate there? That's how it would begin. Yeah, well, he's the one who discovered Fernando Valenzuela in Mexico. Hmm. Just in a very obscure back backwater league, Mike Brito finds Fernando, signs him to the Dodgers, and Brito has a job for life. Now, he might have been an excellent scout and signed other players, too, for right, all I know. Right. But I know Mike Brito for having found Fernando and signed him for the Dodgers. If Mike Riley did nothing else in his football career mm-hmm. to be the guy. He saw something <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the it, guy. John, Coach Rock, John, we, there's a kid we, we ought to offer. We've got to do this. Chargers, Bobby, Bobby. We, now we, got, we, we like Cider. We like Dewan Cider, whatever his mm-hmm. name was, Jawan mm-hmm. Cider. Give Riley credit on that one. And Brady himself said that there's a story somewhere, and I wish I could find it. Tom himself has said, and maybe you have chapter and verse out there you can send us. Tom said that one of the things that gave him confidence going forward was either the first time Mike wanted him to come to USC or that Mike said, we w- I want to take you at San Diego. Right. But Brady has given Riley credit for kind of giving – Tom, early, a sense of, it, he likes me, I, I know I'm good, I think I'm good, but yeah. I'm glad to know somebody else is affirming that, and Riley was that guy. So Riley and, and Brady, if Riley shows up at a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game without tickets, he's getting in. I think uh, Tom would take care of his guy. If Riley showed up in the back of the room without telling Tom Brady, does Tom Brady stop the press conference to say hello? I, I'm not sure about that, I but think he does. He might. I think he does. I mentioned earlier Harbaugh being in the smack off, maybe the first, maybe a later. And I said he was at USD. And I realized as soon as the words like Terry Forster throwing the, the slider that had nothing on it to Joe Morgan, October 3rd of 82 at Candlestick. And I was there a disaster. 
Forster said as soon as he threw the pitch, he wanted to stop time, run up, and grab the ball back and bring it back <laughs> because he knew when he released the pitch, it, it, did, it no snap. It wasn't. He knew it was something gone. bad could happen, and Morgan hit it out, and the Giants knocked the Dodgers out of the pennant in 1982, and I'm in Candlestick listening to the Giants fans all around me standing and cheering forever as Joe toured the bases, came out for curtain calls, and I'm sitting there alone in my misery while everybody else is rejoicing. And I didn't know what that was a type of. I just knew I'm in utter misery here. And everybody around me, though, is happy. It was a weird feeling. Remind me to tell you a story about that after okay. the show. And later, my friend, Yako, John Wilson, Jim's brother, the next thing, he, when I got back from that trip down to San Francisco in Candlestick, we were roommates. He walks into the room. I'm laying on my bed reading Seneca's letters from a Stoic. And he knew that the only reason I was reading about Stoical philosophy was to try to become a Stoic, to try to not care, to try to not be miserable over Morgan. Is saying that's a good thing? Well, it, it never get too high or too low. Don't let the, 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 the machinations of this life. Uh, then, yeah. you know, they, she, they should have called it how not to live. <laughs> well, Exactly, because St. Augustine's on a better track when he weeps over the loss of a friend, as did Paul in Philippians, and you're right, exactly. Seneca's whole point was, don't get attached to the things of this life. Well, then you're right, how not to live. But but that's what I, but I'm reading letters from a stoic. Is is there anything here that can help me right now? (laughs) Because I was miserable. Morgan hits the three-run homer. Forster wanted to run up, he said later, and I talked I had a chance just five years later, our paths crossed with the Portland Beavers, and we've talked about how Terry was a Portland Beaver right. a year after the infamy notoriety on Letterman. Fat that, have you seen goo. Terry Forster lately? Letterman says <laughs> he is guy. just well, a that fat. Guy is a fat tub of goo. He's just a fat tub of goo. And Forster, to his great credit, instead of, I'm going to sue you, yeah. he <laughs> laughed about it. He went on the show. He had a couple of hot dogs yeah. in his hands when he came out. I watched that show. It's very well done on Terry's part. And in Portland, he was still playing off of that. Sailor's Old Country Kitchen had a 72-ounce <laughs> steak or something. And Terry said, I can eat it. And, you know, and so the television cameras came out and yeah. watched Terry go to work on the steak. Great I mean, that's stuff. the best way to do it. And he handled it well. And he was fun to talk to. And he just... He he told me about the, the yeah pitch. about the pitch and how and he had already I'd read his quote about as soon as I threw the pitch I wanted to stop time and go grab the ball and so bring it back. So five years later you could just say could you do one of those little bits of information things and he would pick up. Yeah, on it? I the only way the best way wasn't wasn't why'd you throw that horrible slider to Morgan October three right, of eighty two? Right, right. What I just said was. Terry, I, I was at Candlestick October 3rd of 82, and he just started shaking his head. <laughs> Worst day of my life, he said. And what he did tell me is he couldn't ride the bus. He couldn't get on the bus to go back to the team hotel or to go to the airport to fly home with the season over. That was the last day of the year, and the Dodgers season was over because of that pitch, that he game, that loss. He was too ashamed to get on the bus. He said, I walked and hitchhiked my way to the airport. I didn't want to get on the bus with my teammates. Oh. So. That's forced. Anyway, the word. Not quite as dramatic as that, but when I said Harbaugh was the coach at USD when he called the smack off, as soon as I said it, I realized I got to stop and go grab those words back. Because in 95, if he was on the first smack off, he would have been a quarterback for the San Diego Chargers at that time, I believe. Yeah. 
And living in San Diego, and Rome was a big deal in San Diego. So I don't know when Harbaugh was actually oh, wow. on the smack off, but he was. He I was it was during his coaching time. It, well, then it came later then because I'm and not. I don't even know that he was a part of the smack off. I just thought he just called in. I've heard Romy say Harbaugh participated okay, in the smack then off. That's... But I don't know if it was the first one in 95 that JT yeah. the Brick won. But Harbaugh was part of it at one time. <laughs> anyway, we head into the second hour. You said remind you of something. So what do you got well, for me? After the show. Oh, ap- oh yeah. it's that serious. Yeah. The misery of it all. Yeah. Okay. Man, it must be really serious if you can't share it on the show. Well, let's I just mean, say you and I are very much alike. Okay. Well, I got through. <laughs> in many ways. I got through the letters. I mean, the letters from the Stoics sort of helped in time. You know, by, by the end of that day, Monday, Tuesday, of that was a Sunday, October 3 of 82. But it was tough. That one, losses. Reacting to bad news. Losses stay with you forever. <clears throat> They yeah. really do. Well, losing. Said, was it Pat Casey or someone else? Bruce Hurst. Okay. Winning, lo- yeah. losing hurts more than winning feels good. It's a great line. Uh, it really is. Losing hurts more than winning feels winning good. Winning feels good for the time, for the moment, yay. And then 10 years later, reminiscing, it's the best. Yes. But after the initial joy of winning, if you're still competing, it's time to keep, go, keep going. Move on to the next, uh, you know, triumph. But losing... <sighs> Oh, <laughs> take the knife out of my heart! <laughs> and that, why? Why we I'm give ourselves? Why we easier. give ourselves over to all this? Well, it? see, I worry about you because we're we're alike that way in our youth, but you're still that way, and as you're older, and I'm I'm getting I don't care as much. The losses, the loss. I don't care as much about losses now, if that uh-huh. makes. Yeah. But the losses from '82 and before oh, yeah. still no, hurt. Oh no, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's some I can name that just, yeah. oh. You remember <laughs> the date, time, where you were. Yeah, how you were feeling at the yeah, time. Yeah, but but as you grow and you have children and <laughs> other things that are more important, it's like, yeah, are they? I, I was yeah, pretty no, emotional right. when I was 19. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, well, I'm 57 years <laughs> old. and I'm. Hey, speaking of 50, 50, Colin turned 58 today? Yeah. Okay, and you've got a clip, right? Just in honor of Colin, an old Portland Friend of sorts to all of us here yeah. in this market, and you had several paths uh, cross paths. With yes, Colin. in '87 in Vegas, that '87. To him when he first moved I love here. it. He's he, he has parlayed his his uh, great talents I, actually, to I, a, a, a wonderful has. career. I used to listen to him all the time, but I haven't heard him in years because I mean I'm here yes. on the air doing work. I never even hear him. We don't carry him. We we actually carry Rome instead of Colin in that right. time slot. So today on his show. He broke the following news that TJ came in and shared with us while we were talking to JT the Brick. Michael Chaplin will be joining us shortly, but we'll get to some texts and calls about this breaking news, about anything else you'd like to jump in with. But this was apparently less than an hour ago on Colin's show on Fox Sports Radio, and he does have, because of he knows stuff about everything, but he had a little bit more insight and thought about the new coach of the New Jersey Generals. Here's Colin. We're announcing four of the eight coaches. Very excited. Do we have USFL music, Ryan? What do we have? <laughs> Are we ready to go? Very excited for All this. Right, here we go. All right. The head coach of the New Jersey Generals will be Mike Riley. Mike Riley, former player under Bear Bryant at Alabama. A lot of those players became coaches, right? 
stayed in the game. Uh, he coached Oregon State. I covered him. He coached them for 14 years. Probably one of the smartest, nicest guys in American professional sports. He coached the Chargers for a couple of years. NFL, CFL, college football, Nebraska as well. An offensive guy. Mike is famous for being at USC and pleading with them to recruit and offer a scholarship to Tom Brady. Riley pled with the coach. There's a kid in Northern California. He is tall and skinny. He plays catcher in baseball. He is going to be dynamite. USC did not. He went to Michigan, and I don't know what happened to Tom professionally, <laughs> but things worked out, I've been told. All right. The- so good job by Colin earlier, and the, the news breaks on Fox because Fox will be carrying these new USFL, SFL games with eight teams. According to their their Twitter site, they're going to carry all of them. Okay, good. I don't know how they fit them all in, but. That's, that's a good platform for an upstart league. You're getting texts, John. You're saying, by the way, Michael Chaplin just texted me. He said, can we push back? There could be some news, travel situation. I don't know what that means, but we're pushing Michael about 1245. Oh, yeah. So we have some time now to get to some texts and calls if you'd like to jump in on any of these matters. 497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. 497-5356. What do you got? Well, one that disappoints me because I I was incorrect, but it's not a big (laughs) deal, (laughs) and that it wasn't. Marcus Dupree's last career game that I was listening to. Okay. He did recover in Portland, uh, 21st birthday, all of his friends. And then uh, there was a story, and I don't have time mm-hmm. to read it all, where he ran into Walter Payton in Chicago. Payton then, after his, what I thought was career-ending knee injury with the Portland Breakers against the Arizona Outlaws. Dupree. In, in Sun Devil right. Stadium, Marcus Dupree. uh Walter talked him into trying out again for the NFL, so he got a little cup of coffee okay. in the NFL for a couple of years. Nice. Great connection there. And uh, so I was wrong on that. There was a Marcus Dupree 30 for 30, and I watched about the first half of it. Hmm. Got called away for we have to go now kind of a thing, and so I never got back to it, which probably was in the second half of that that I missed. Okay. But, um, yeah, it, it actually is really good. It's a really good 30 for 30 if you can look that up on Marcus Dupree. Um what else? Here's a connection. Brady on Riley, and it's an ESPN.com story that someone... Uh, a link? A link. Okay, good. I'll look that link up during the break, and I'd like to see and get exact... Because I've only heard about Brady saying that he he was thankful to, uh, about Mike Riley or to Mike Riley for something. And so I'll get to that link here in a moment. Here's a... <laughs> This one is amazing to me. Um, okay. I'm going to skip it and tell you during the break. Okay. Um, Mike in Seattle said, what happened? This goes back to our Raider stuff. What happened to Lee Hacksaw Hamilton thought he did Raiders once? No, that was Bill King, right? Well, Bill King did the Raiders. Greg Papa did the Raiders. I, I don't think Hacksaw is doing anybody right now because Matt Money Smith is calling the Chargers right, games in L.A. in San Diego. And Hacksaw, I think, I mean, he he's probably still doing a show in San Diego. Romy it seems like once a week takes a run at Hacksaw. They must not have had a good working relationship, even though when I asked Lee about that in 2000 or 2001 when Lee was doing USC games, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I get along great with Jim. And I almost felt like saying, eh, do you ever listen to his show? I know. I mean, because Jim, and maybe they did get along, and Jim just said, hey, I'm going to have fun with you, Lee. I hope you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Because he he mocks 
He does. Hacksaw often. Anyway. He mocks his style. Um, someone writes in to say, you are correct, Mike. If the Colts lose to the Jags, they haven't won at Jacksonville since 2014. Then the Raiders and Chargers could take 15 knees uh, each. They both make the playoffs. If they tie. Can yeah. you help me with this? I shouldn't admit not Isn't that something? This. What does it mean, 15 knees? Is that all it takes to go through an entire game? I don't. It seems like it would take more than that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I you mean, and TJ were talking yeah, about that. He also, but. What does that mean? I I don't know if that's proverb, if that's a, just a, a <laughs> colloquialism, 15 knees. Yeah, we'll take 15 knees. I don't know. Does I've not math, heard it. The math doesn't work out. No. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry for being stupid. Got to get through one. 60. Oh, oh, maybe the clock? I know. you got to take more time. Yeah, it's right. going to take more knees than that take to knees. get through a 60-minute game. Right. Could you imagine, you though? until the fourth quarter and take 15 knees? <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> How, what, what would the NFL, what would Goodell do, what would the world do if wow. they just they came to a gentleman's agreement before yeah. the game? Yeah. We both want to make the playoffs. Let's help each other out. You take, okay, we'll take knees. We'll take. You could really... I mean, the conversation could be, look, we won't take knees, but let's just don't. Uh, let's don't. Let's just don't score. Fall down if you got to break away. <laughs> break away from 30 yards and there's oh nobody God. within 25 yards and he just falls down to the turf. Then we better we better hope that the Colts break that streak in Jayville and get a win. Yeah. Yes, they will. I mean, come on. Well, Jack, you hope so, Jack but you never know. A, a you clown never, show. One never knows. Yeah, they're, they're going to dress up like clowns. Yeah. Uh, Curtis writes in, and this is true. We talked about it. That he's ah, oh, it's just a matter of time before the new league fails. Don't they all? You probably. are right, Curtis. Probably. And they probably will. But I'm going to love every minute of it because I loved the old USFL. I really did. It takes me back to some memories. Um, and then uh, let's see here, the Dupree one. Yeah. Uh, let's see here, Bray, and then the link. So that's where we are. Okay. Let's. We will take a break. I want to look at the link on Brady and Riley. I also, one thing in researching JT the Brick and the Raiders and the late Al Davis and John Madden a little bit that I always forget about, and it's never been, I've not done this storyline any sort of um, service or justice in this market. You know, I'm about to share some things with you, John, that I'm sure you know, and that's cradle lore for Mm -hmm. every citizen of Beaver Nation. Oh, yeah, well, you all know this. I get it. But I don't feel as though I've heard tell enough of the Raiders' connection to our own F. Wayne Valley, the Valley Football Center. F. Wayne Valley, Oregon State fullback linebacker in the 30s at Oregon State College in the 1930s, and great... uh, benefactor to Oregon State academics and athletics through the years, the Valley Library, the Valley Football Center, named for the late F. Wayne Valley, was one of the original owners and founder, owners of the Oakland Raiders and Mm -hmm. a founding member of the AFL, the American Football League, Wayne Valley, of Valley Football Center at Oregon State. I thought I'd heard the part about being a part owner of the Raiders Mm -hmm. once a long time ago. There's also a story, I thought, about something about going way back to Tennessee and and a, an original legendary coach at Tennessee with Wayne Valley being involved. There's some really distant stuff in my memory about that. I did not know, though, about the AFL. Yeah, he was one of the founding members of the AFL and original owners of a four or five ownership group. He was part of it. 
clearly he, had to he, be friends with Al Davis. Well, was, but then ends up getting forced out by Al at a certain point, and Al became the principal managing mm. partner and forced out. So I don't know if they ended up in an acrimony. I don't know that whole story in history well, but I guess what I'm saying is he being part of Beaver Nation and a big part. I mean, we talk about the Valley. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're in the Valley Football Center for this guy that was one of the founders of the AFL and the Raiders. That, that should be celebrated We more. should know more about that. Yeah. I should know more about it. If you know more about it, feel free to jump in as we take a break. 497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line, 497-5356. Michael Chaplin, we hope a little bit later. Open phones and texts now on 1240 Joe Radio. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. Hi, this is Oregon State football alum and owner of Angry Beaver Grill, Randy Holmes. Come try our updated menu with new items such as the prime rib Philly cheesesteak, and don't miss our prime rib and salmon dinners on Friday. Every Wednesday, starting at 5 o'clock, try our $7 all-you-can-eat spaghetti dinner with garlic bread and salad. Angry Beaver also offers catering for groups large and small. Give me a call to schedule your holiday gathering, wedding, reunion, or any special occasion. Support local at Angry Beaver Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. You can depend on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Have you cleaned your dryer vents this year? If not, call Middleton. Their trained technicians will inspect and clean your dryer venting system with the Rotobrush Vent Cleaning Machine. Plus, they can make any needed repairs for optimum efficiency. Clean dryer vents prevent fires, increase drying efficiency, prevent mold, and increase the life of your dryer. Give Middleton a call to schedule today online at middletonheating.net. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? If one of your New Year's resolutions is to get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. They invite you to stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. The staff at Corvallis Floor Covering thanks you for your continued support over the last 34 years and looks forward to working with you in 2022. For more information, log on to Corvallis Floor Covering. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering, corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown. And go beeves. All right. So again, we're still hoping to uh, to get uh, Michael Chaplin here on the show. Maybe in about fifteen minutes. The 
gymnastics squad ranked 17th in the country, heading down to a uh, a tournament that's or a a, a meet that's going to have all kinds of top teams in the nation and some great great lineups. But again, whatever they do, the very first time that the the, the gymnastics team hits the mat, it'll be the debut of an Olympic gold medalist on the floor routine. In uh, Jade Carey, pretty cool stuff. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I looked at that link. It's a very interesting article going yes. back to October of this year, Mike, about uh, the whole Riley and Tom Brady. Seth thing. Wickersham, and I think it, it's either an article or is this an ill? It's a book excerpt by Seth Wickersham who wrote the book, It's Better to Be Feared, and it's, an, it's a biography of Tom Brady and Seth takes a very deep dive on this whole Mike Riley relationship with Tom and, and in developing the storyline between the relationship between Mike and Tom Brady does his, uh, Seth does his homework. Mike Riley and writes, Mike had known it right away back in 93, this Brady kid, he was in coach parlance special and then goes on to describe Riley's life in Corvallis. He was thin and overlooked and called frog by kids at school until he threw a ball and his identity changed. Riley led CHS to state championships in football and baseball, offered scholarships, et cetera, but ends up playing for Bear Bryant, who had coached Joe Namath. So there's, a, there's background on Mike and a lot of paragraphs here that I haven't had time to read about the connection between, and a very close one, that Mike had with Tom's parents. They loved Coach mm. Riley. If we get Mike on someday, and, and Doug from Salem on the University Honda text line, that's not something we've ever really explored through the years with Mike. No. It's come up here and there in passing. But if we get Coach Riley on, and I'm hoping that if he's taken the job with the New Jersey Generals, and according to Colin Coward and Fox Sports, he has, and their season starts in April, then at some point, we hope that Mike, who will be expected to kind of make the rounds from a media standpoint, will include us in those rounds. And maybe, just maybe, since this book on Tom is fairly new and we've never had a chance to talk to him about it, Mike might uh, rehearse, review a little bit with us uh, the, the relationship that he had in recruiting Mike and then wanting to draft uh, Mike had with Brady and wanting to sign him to USC, wanting to draft him at San Diego, et cetera. So good stuff. And thank you for sending. Yeah. I want to read the this, link uh, and maybe it answers the question in the article, but I just, I want to know from Mike himself, what, what did you see in him that nobody else did at that very time? Cause uh, <laughs> we obviously know how that turned out. Kip Carlson text, not on Wayne Valley, although we do have a text on that. Oh, good. But Kip says, Rolando, expletive deleted Blackman. Kip writes, I'm sure I'll get over it eventually. That's freaking, by the way. Yeah. Rolando, freaking Blackman, who hit the shot. Oh. And no, that's not one I'm sure many of you have. Uh, but it, 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 that's it, aging it's a, twin, it's a twinge that's of pain. It probably out. is aging out. Since. And, and, yeah. and uh, on that, on that, and I've said this before, it's been a long time. We, we need to be bigger rivals with UCLA, bigger rivals, meaning not like them as much and not, I mean, we don't like them, but not like them to the point of, oh, UCLA's coming to town. Let's get on them because they at a neutral environment 
uh, rallied yes. against Oregon yeah, State. Yeah, they did. They did. In that tournament. And sent wake-up call. I mean, we're calling them in the middle of the night to wake them up. Yeah. I mean, there's some so there was no So there stories. was no Pac-8 loyalty or Pac-10 no. loyalty with UCLA. They were trying to get Oregon State to lose with those harassing calls in the night and then cheering against them and everything in that game. So, no, we, we forgot. We don't like them. Now, we get a good text here, too, as well, about it just, again, this isn't, I don't have a document in front of me. But I trust this sort of recollection that our texter has. He writes or she, or I, again, I don't have a name. I wish all of these texts had names right from the start. Some of them do. And, and some sometimes you got to scroll back in. Okay, who is this? And it takes too long to go all the way back and find who the texter is. But the texter says, long time ago, a former OSU administrator mentioned that Al Davis kind of screwed the valleys out of the Raiders. Mm. But that had a beneficial effect for Oregon State as it allowed for more opportunity and dollars to be available to give back to OSU. Well, yeah. yeah. That's, now, that's interesting in its own right. That would have to have been a really long time ago. Well, well we're Valley talking, Center was 1990. But, and the, this, to use the word that he uses, the, you know, Al Davis doing a number on mm-hmm. the Valleys and Wayne. I think that sort of takeover occurred in the... Early seventies, late, I'm not late sixties, early seventies when Al became the principal owner of of the Raiders. What was Wayne Valley? What was his fortune? Was he a lumber baron? A builder. I think a a contractor, a builder. In California? Yes. In Northern California. After being a beaver, he goes and does that. He got it. According to what I read that F Wayne Valley played football here and his love for Oregon state remained even though he ended up getting a degree, according to what I read, Oregon State dropped the major that he that he had at OSC, and they dropped the major, and he had to finish his degree at the University of Oregon. Ooh. But his love and yeah. and his ability to be a, a great benefactor in well, philanthropic efforts was back at Oregon State. And wasn't Thomas J. Otson a beaver? I think so, yeah. So there you go, crossover. Okay, now here... Here's one. This is something. We get Kip Carlson coming in with the pain from Blackman. And here's somebody on the University uh, Honda text line as well as the Downward Dog phone line. Dan writes in to say the one he is still not over is Greg Ballard hitting an after-the-buzzer shot in Eugene to allow Oregon to beat the Beavers. That's the hard one for me to get over. Yes, that was a terrible call. The red light... The red light was on, and Ballard had not released the shot. It was clearly after when the buzzer had sounded, the game was over. Had you had some sort of review process in place? Was it, what was that game, the year? Do you remember the that? year, I believe, was 74-75. And I remember seeing the photograph from the great Brian Lanker in the register guard the next day. Showing it? Captured the ball in Ballard's hands light and the on. red light on. Oh. The great work of the genius Brian oh. Lanker. Wow. And people, I remember the register guard, some of the readers were mad. Don't show that. Well, it was the truth. <laughs> might have been, I'm trying to think, 75, might have been 75, 76. I'm Who's sorry that it's all that? the year that Ricky Lee banked one in to end a game and win the game for the Beavs from 40 feet out, banked it in. Ricky Lee hit it to win for Oregon State. Later that year in the game in Eugene, 
I think that was the 74-75 season. Oregon fan tried to say, well, you got a lucky shot, uh, lucky shot at Gill. <laughs> well, it was before the buzzer. <laughs> lucky or not. So Ballard hit his shot after the buzzer, and it, they counted it at Matt Court. Maybe the people, you know, the officials who called it, it's good, and run off the court. They, they didn't, didn't want to get mobbed. No, they didn't. Replay back then. Let's go to Roger before we break, and we hope talk to Michael Chaplin. Roger, good afternoon. Yes, uh, good afternoon yourself. Uh, this is Roger, your um, Ernie Harwell friend from the old Broken Yoke, which is now called the Wisecracks Cafe. Yes. Yes. Uh, I have. A, I just have a quick uh, trivia contest for you, and I'll get right into it. Um, what Oregon State basketball player from the 1980s holds an NBA record? Well, A.C. Green's Green consecutive the, game streak. Yeah, That's correct. A.C. Green, mm-hmm. consecutive games played. Do you know um, the number, the, what it ended the, up? The, the follow-up question to that is, whose record, who held the record ah, before A.C.? That's a great question, and I have no idea. I really don't. Uh, <laughs> who do you got? Do you know? Oh, well, yes, I do. Okay, well, John, I <laughs> okay, mean, give, uh, give me one clue. Give uh, us a clue. Uh, Randy Smith is the uh, the person who had the record before AC. With Buffalo? And now, do you remember who uh, who Randy Smith said all? Randy Smith, well, I believe there was a player for the Buffalo Braves at one time yeah. uh, named Randy it, Smith. Yes, okay. yes, good. And now the, uh, the follow-up question to... To that is what university did Randy Smith attend? Ah, that's a I've never known that. Could, I'm going to say uh, yeah. I mean, it could be anything. Is it in our footprint by chance? Okay, I'll give you a hint. Uh, it's one of the New York State universities located by Lake Erie, and. Uh, President McKinley didn't didn't like his visit there in 1901. <laughs> my gosh, I, I I'm sorry. I should know my American history better, and the McKinley reference should clinch it, but it doesn't. Who do you help us out with that? What do you got? Okay, it was the State University of New York at Buffalo. I was going to guess that. You know, Buffalo. <laughs> I thought I was going to guess Buffalo, but I didn't know what it was. You know, I was going to just jokingly say S U N Y because that's the only one I know. Yeah. That's where JT the Brick went, by the way. You're barely getting a passing grade here so I know. far, man. Anyway, the final question is, in Randy Smith's sophomore year at Buffalo State, yes. who was his lab partner in his biology class? Oh, my gosh. Well, hold on. <laughs> We're not just barely getting by, because we nailed Randy Smith, Buffalo Braves. Well, we didn't really nail Randy Smith. I, I guessed that he played for the Buffalo Braves in the NBA, but that, I didn't guess Randy Smith held the record before AC. Well, we would Roger have, gave us that. Gave us His quick. lab partner, Buffalo. Uh, yeah, I can't I'll do it. Believe you a hint. He's a, he has great respect for Ernie Harwell. Ooh, interesting. It's an interesting question. Um. um Michigan coach who, who had to fire Ernie. You know, and think he so. also had he also had an extra book to give to Mike Parker, authored by Ernie Harwell. You're going to have to help me with that, Roger. Is that you yourself? Yes, 
yes, you got that one right. Oh. I was Randy Smith's lab partner in biology class in 1968. Now, Roger, uh, the, you have answered by me answering you for that. You you kind of, when you said give me the extra book, that's when I knew you were talking about yourself. And now that yeah. answers the bigger question I had, which was going to be, what was leading you down the Randy Smith road today? <laughs> because <laughs> I think Randy Smith has gotten more run on our show than perhaps he has on any shows combined over the last 25 years. But it's good to know. What uh, is is a little painful is that Randy Smith passed away while he was working out about five years I ago. I didn't know that. And hmm. he was, I was, I was a varsity swimmer at Buffalo, uh, Buffalo State, hmm. and Randy, of course, was uh, an outstanding basketball player at Buffalo State. And all I can say is, when we crossed paths in locker room, I had never seen a more perfect physical stuff hmm. than yeah. Randy Smith. Well, and I believe you on that. To, for him to die five years earlier, mm -hmm. five years ago at age 64 or whatever he was. Hmm. Roger, I'm sorry to hear that, and, and I'm going to be looking Randy Smith up as we go, but I didn't know they ended up being, in a sense, a hometown kid out of Buffalo State and then played for Dr. Jack, did he not, with the Buffalo Braves, Jack Ramsey? I it would have been 1970, and I think he yeah he had about a 10 or 12 year pro career uh, at, at at San Diego later in his career. Okay. But yeah, okay. he was um, he was an incredible jumper. He's six foot three, but he could he could soar over, and he had a he had a very good career. And I I always followed him over the years. Roger, thank you for that. It's been instructive, and thank you for the, making the personal connection with yourself and the book on Ernie and all of that. It was kind of fun. It was convoluted, but an enjoyable exercise here today. <laughs> we need to take a break and get Michael Chaplin on if we can. Great to hear from you, Roger. Thank you. Johnny, let's take the final break and see if we can hit Michael up next on 1240 Joe Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. The Peacock Bar and Grill is making eating out affordable with a 650 specials from 11 till 9 every day of the week. On Monday, it's a small sirloin steak dinner. Tuesday, any pub-sized burger on the menu. Wednesday, it's an open-faced hot turkey sandwich. Thursday, it's spaghetti and meatballs. Friday is a French dip. Saturday, pulled pork sliders. And Sunday, it's mac and cheese. You can always call ahead and get it to go or have it delivered. The Peacock Bar and Grill, a local favorite since 1929 on 2nd Street, downtown Corvallis. For auto glass solutions, better call. 
glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call, and if it's more convenient, I can generally get it done the next day. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glassman. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements and they'll safely deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 9 25 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Sunday on the Las Vegas Raiders Radio Network. It's win and you're in as the Raiders play host to the Los Angeles Chargers. Hi, this is Tim Cates. Join Brent Musburger and Lincoln Kennedy for all the action. It's a week 18 showdown between Derek Carr and the Raiders and Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Winner punches a ticket for the playoffs. It's Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Live coverage starts at 450 on 1240 Joe Raiders. That's right. It's the evening game on Sunday. Boy, I'll be watching that yes. one, listening to Brent Musburger here on uh, on 1240 Joe Radio. We were going to have to join it late, only about 15 to a half an hour late because of women's basketball. Unfortunately, women's basketball not happening this weekend, so we'll have the full Raider experience for you coming up Sunday uh, late afternoon for the, uh, the final game. Is there Monday Night Football next week? I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, I don't think this so. is the final weekend. I don't believe so. And the playoffs. Yeah, I think the last game is the Sunday night game of with, the regular with, season. With the prize on the line. Yes. And what JT hinted at in our conversation, how much do we carry or do we have the latitude to carry? He said, tune in early. Uh, We're we going to be doing tributes to Madden. They give you two options. Okay. And one option is the early, early, early pregame show, which we don't carry. Okay. And then another option is 30 minutes before kickoff. That's it? There's and nothing I mean, in between? Well, I mean, if we, I, we might be able to extend it out. But I don't know if the satellite gives us that option. Right. Once you've chosen an option. Right. And 30 so minutes before. I think it's 30, and that's just Tim Cates, this guy, and then Brent and Lincoln Kennedy. But we would hear T, um, we would hear JT if we did that extended. Right. It's like two hours of, of Raider talk. Exactly. I thought like that we, was a bit much for what we do here. No, exactly. And with all the other programming that we do. But yeah. in this case... Yeah. In this case, if you can get it, it might be kind and of I good programming. And I thought about that when he said that. I thought, yeah. hmm, I wonder if we can stretch that out. So I am going to look into that. Okay, they're doing tributes to, to John, and I, it'll be good stuff. It's a big game with a lot on the line. Our, right. You know, JT was on our show. I mean, it, it would have a little more with no other games going on. Mm -hmm. And, boy, isn't that – we're waiting. 
I'm not sure this is good news either, to be honest with you. I don't know mm-hmm. what to read into it, but remember when Ron Callen yesterday yeah. was able to come on. Why? Well, there was no Zoom at 1210 with Coach Ruick talking about the upcoming game. that's games. all he said. Well, why not? Two hours later, well, yes. the official word came yeah. out about women's basketball. Coach Chaplin, the associate head coach for Oregon State Gymnastics, the 17th-ranked gymnastics team, is scheduled to open the 2022 season at the Collegiate Challenge hosted by Amanda Borden Saturday night in the Anaheim Arena at 6.30 at the Anaheim Convention Center, the first home meet a week from this Saturday at Gill at 7, Boise State, San Jose State, and Washington. We were looking forward to having Michael on for a preview of the upcoming season, which has so much anticipation, so much buzz and excitement. Gymnastics has a loyal fan base and following and a passionate one, but with the addition to the team and finally making her Beaver debut at home a week from Saturday, Olympic gold medal winner Jade Carey, the profile of the program is even higher and greater and maybe as high and great as ever in terms of bringing in a returning Olympic gold medalist and making her debut. I mean, the interest around gymnastics, it's one of those things. I've had people reach out to me thinking, I can you... And we want to go to a gymnastics meet. And I haven't had those sorts of inquiries, quite honestly, often. Every once in a while through the years, there are people who really are into it and will ask, can you? And usually I've been able to. I'm not so sure that I can answer immediately, oh, yeah, I can get you gymnastics. It may be a little harder to do this year. Now, Michael is calling us now. And I was saying I was getting a little nervous. He was scheduled to join us at 12.15. Then he said we had to push back. So I don't know what that means. Maybe he can tell us. As he joins us, we were just starting to talk about if we weren't able to make connections with the associate head coach, Michael Chaplin. But here we are in our final nine minutes or so so of the show. Michael, thanks for making time. Do you have any news for us? What's going on, Coach? Well, a little bit of a crazy day. We we are obviously uh, waiting to get some results back um, from some of the athletes. Obviously, everybody knows what's going on. Um, So it's, it's kind of up in the air as to whether we're we're going to be able to, to make this trip. It's, I would say, a, a little doubtful right now, but until it's official, we, we don't know, and and, uh, and we're just kind of waiting to see um, if we're going to be able to go or not. But I know it'll be really disappointing if we're not. Um, everybody was really looking forward to it, but it's just where we're at right now with uh, with COVID and the protocols that we have to follow, and, and uh, if, we, if we don't go, we'll be ready for next week when we're at home, which will be nice. Michael, is it something where if one player gets sick, then the whole team has to be tested, and then you have to wait for that test? It, it's it's a little bit. What happens is obviously people have symptoms or anything like that. They get tested. If they have roommates that have get tested positive, that person, those people have to test. So it's not the whole team. We're able to spread out enough, and they all don't live. It's that close contact contact that you have to watch. Obviously, we have a lot of people in the dorms, a lot of people coming back. So there's. There's that um, situation that makes it complicated as well. Um, so it, it's we're just trying to work with our medical staff and, and administrators to you know make sure we're doing what we need to do and follow follow all the correct protocols and make sure everybody's safe and and then we'll be ready to go. We'll certainly uh, you know hope that um, you know watch it and hope for the best for your team. Now, we were just starting to delve into the topic of Jade Carey and the Jade Carey effect. How, what's it been like for you? Mike was just mentioning people saying things to him, to me as well. Hey, how can I get tickets to gymnastics? What can <laughs> right. I do? I mean, it's been, a, it's been a quiet since the Summer Olympics, but Michael, what has the Jade Carey effect been like for your team? 
Well, it's been great. I mean, uh, obviously, Jade got a ton of attention. Winning gold medals will do that for you. Uh, and I think all the gymnastics fans already were, were pumped. I mean, we have fans that were, were excited about our team no matter what, but certainly that adds to it. And it's also probably, you know, adding to the general Beaver fans that are like, wow, this is, this is impressive. Like, being able to see a gold medalist compete for Oregon State's a big deal. And I would definitely say we're, we're – <laughs> Getting a lot of emails and interest from people about you know coming to our home meets and and next week on the fifteenth, uh, if we can you know keep everybody healthy, uh, we'll we'll be out there and 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 feeling good about it. And Jade has been you know a tremendous boost for our program. We only have about three or four more minutes. I know you're in a hurry too, but I'm just curious: do you coach her or you just say, "Hey, you know what you're doing"? <laughs> Jade is great. Actually, she's very coachable. To be honest with you, um, but. She, she, you know, she definitely is has all the skills that she needs. She walked in with them, and we're actually having to water down, if, if that makes sense to you. Meaning, you know, she has skills that we have to kind of uh, fit to college routines, which is a little different than with the, what you do at the Olympic level. The routines are almost twice as long, so her bar routine is about half as long as her Olympic routine. Her floor routine is instead of four passes, just three passes on floor. She doesn't need to do as difficult of a vault. So. You know, obviously it's it's a little kind of different coaching, but she loves to learn and she loves to work, and, and we're really fortunate that, that she's excited about competing for the bees. Is that an embarrassment of riches in that you? it's fun to work on saying, okay, what are your best parts of this routine, and we'll take those only? <laughs> it, 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 it's fun. I mean, we've had other athletes that are similar, that are the elite type of athletes that have had to do extra or more skills than a normal level 10 uh, gymnasts that we, we that we usually go by those rules. So it it's fun, but you know the thing is that it, they have to learn how to execute, and there are certain subtleties to college gymnastics that they need to be aware of aware of that's different than uh, the elite level. So uh, where she could just out you know tumble people for sure um, and and have a way bigger vault. Those are things that all they all started at ten, and now she just needs to execute it a little bit better than everybody else. But obviously, it, it's a lot of fun to be able to work with an athlete of that caliber. Michael, final thing, and, and with all of the excitement, and well as well there should be about Jade, your entire team, you returned 17 of 24 routines. This sounds like a very strong lineup across the board. We don't have time to go through every individual athlete, but just what's your sense about the makeup of this year's roster and what's ahead for you? Well, you're right. It's, it's definitely a lot of returners. We, we were a little bit weak on bars last year, but luckily we had some of our freshmen that have come in and, and are really going to step up. So that was our kind of our Achilles heel last year. It'll be a different story for sure this year. Um, and the exciting thing is that everybody's really they're excited about it. The team's really excited about it. So um, they're ready to go, and when they're motivated and, and they can all look around and see how hard it is to make a lineup, that's a good thing for our program. And now we just need to hopefully get out there and be able to show everybody what we're all about. Michael, we appreciate you taking a little time for us. I, I will kind of close and round back to where we started a few minutes ago. You, you've been in meetings with your team, waiting test results. You use the word doubtful. I don't want to maybe, – maybe you'll get better news than you're expecting. When do you expect to know? How, what, what sort of, a, I guess, a bottom line time for you to know whether you're going to Anaheim this weekend or not? I, I would tell people that in the, within the hour, I'm hoping. I mean, the, the one thing that's going on right now, there's a lot of people being tested, and so that's slowing it down a little bit. But but we think that within the hour, uh, maybe two, that we'll know for sure, if not sooner, and then we'll put an announcement out. It'll be, hey, looking forward to going or mm-hmm. staying home and getting ready for next week's competition. Okay, and next week, 
you, we certainly hope all things continue. I mean, that you're able to, to, to certainly, if you can't go to Anaheim, to be able to open at home in front of Beaver Nation Saturday night, a week from this Saturday, 7 o'clock, Boise State, San Jose State, and Washington. Much anticipation for this. Michael, we appreciate on short notice and in a busy and uh, challenging time, you taking time for the show. Thanks, Michael. We hope you're in Anaheim this weekend. Thank you, guys. Go Bees. I appreciate it. Thank you. Michael Chaplin jumping in. I didn't, you know, he used the word doubtful. Yeah, that he was did. The, the word that he did. I heard. And I know what they're going through. They they have to get tested, then submit it, and wait for that to come back on their uh, their app. And it's just a matter of when the um, what do you call it the the lab gets that off. And off you know, Michael told me yesterday. And by the way, I think you can see this. I believe the shows are archived, Facebook Live. I. Mm-hmm. Chew on this. I think you can go find it now. Yeah. But I sat down with Michael yesterday. Hadley Heck sat down with Caitlin La- uh, Yanish and Maddie Dagan, two of the key veteran returning leaders on this team. Caitlin, in particular, coming back around. I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a great mix of experience and talent and leadership on this roster for the gymnastics team in 2022. But Michael did say he said we don't want to go. This is an important meet in terms of the score, yeah. and we, we wouldn't go, quote-unquote, shorthanded. We want to be pretty mm-hmm. much at full strength when we debut and when we get this season rolling, so that may play into the decision as well. Thanks to all of you for joining us. We'll roll it out, try it again tomorrow, 11 to 1, right here on 1240 Joe Radio. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator. K-229-D-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.